Welcome back to the 49ers official You've Got Mail podcast sponsored by Manscaped. I'm super excited for this episode of our podcast because I'm not only joined by someone who is phenomenal at what she does, but I'm so lucky to be able to call her one of my good friends, Jennifer Lee Chan. You know her from NBC Sports Bay Area. And prior to that, she was one of the contributors for NinersNation.com. Jennifer, how's it going? What's going on in your world? You know, just like everybody, just trying to adjust to what our, our normal is now. It's yeah. so different not being able to go to the locker room, not being on the field pregame. You just miss that interaction with the players, building that relationship. And, you know, it's just so hard to not be face to face with guys right now. I, you know what? That's I'm so glad you brought that up. And I, I didn't even have that on my my list of things to talk to you about. But I do want to talk a little bit about the how you have to cover this team and how it has changed over the course of this la- the last few months, given COVID and, you know, social distancing mandates. And I was talking actually to your colleague, Matt Mayoko, the other day and how different it was for him. And one of the examples is you think about the game on Sunday and there's an undrafted guy like Jamichael Hasty who took his first snaps as a member of the 49ers. And maybe after a game, after when you want to talk to that guy in the locker room, but because of this new world we're living in, things like that are a little bit of a challenge. But what's been your take and what's your biggest struggle dealing with our new normal? That's really it. I- 49ers PR does a great job of getting us guys to talk to, but it's kind of those one-on-one conversations. And even if it's something that you don't necessarily use for a story, it just gives you background and like you get to understand more about what's going on in the team without necessarily something it, maybe it doesn't turn into a story, but maybe it does. Talking to guys like Jamichael Hasty, exactly. Guys who are undrafted, you know, Nick Mullins, we're getting him now, but even when he wasn't starting, sometimes insight from those guys and how plays are being run is really interesting. He's been working a lot with those newer guys, especially during training camp. To talk to him about what he sees from those new rookies is kind of an interesting insight that we don't necessarily get all the time. I I wholeheartedly agree. I know everybody is dealing with different changes and challenges when it comes to their respective jobs, but that's just one of the struggles that we deal with uh, here when you're covering the team. And I I, I would say, I'm going to be the first to say I'm zoomed out. I don't think I can do any more zoom calls. (laughs) I know. And then like having to set it up and be where you are. It's, it's, yeah, we've had enough zoom for, I mean, for our lifetime, really. Seriously, seriously. I I wholeheartedly agree with that. Okay, well, let's talk a little bit more about this 49ers team. Uh, I you look at this record, you see this team is two and one and coming off of this win against the Giants. And we'll get into that in just a bit. But I just want to know now looking at these first three weeks of the season, what has been your impression of this 49ers team? And and I mean, we couldn't have guessed, obviously, the injuries, but but their performance despite the injuries. What's been your impression? You know, since Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have taken over the team, I have been most impressed with the locker room and how they are so close. And it doesn't matter who's on the field or what's going on. The closest of the locker room is really what has struck me as the most important thing that those guys have done since they've arrived in Santa Clara. No matter what the record is, they could be going to the Super Bowl or they could be 0-8. And the guys in the locker room don't waver. They are so close to each other. And it really shows when you've got injury issues. And it's really, everybody says it's a cliche, that next man up. But the support that they give each other, and you can see it. I know Fox Sports showed 
Trent Williams and Kendrick Bourne dancing in the tunnel before they were going out facing the Giants. And that energy and that closeness that they have, really, that's one of the things that speaks to me watching them because, you know, the team was decimated by injuries. And the fact that they can be so excited to be around each other and pumped to go out and play a Giants team that has also not won games, I mean, that's really special. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And, and you actually jumped to one of the fan questions. Um, Brittany Valera from El Paso, Texas asked, how is the morale surrounding the team with all of the injuries so far? And uh, like we said earlier, we're not in the locker room, but we can still sense just the what, how these guys are feeling through these Zoom calls and, and having these interactions with them. And I'll say personally, after that win, or after, not the win, but after um, the Jets game, yes, a lot of the guys were, of course, th- these are like their brothers. They're they're pretty down about losing a guy like a Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas, and the other injuries that happened. But from what I took from it, they truly believe in this next man up mantra. Like, okay, we want to get this next win, which was against the Giants. They said, we want to get this win for Nick, for Solomon. That's what I took away from it. But how about you? I absolutely agree with you. They are so close. They want to do it for each other. And you look at Kerry Hyder. He got his first sack with the 49ers and he does the Nick Bosa sack celebration. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you don't see that from other teams. I mean, there are some that do that, but this team is really special in that way. And it's the way they built that team with the foundation of it's guys who love playing football. They love being around each other. And just from my experience, I started back when Harbaugh was still the coach and it was kind of when they were on their decline, they were eight and eight. And I've got to say, every time I went into that locker room, when they had lost a game, it was just misery. And going into the locker room when this team has lost games, you know, last year or when they started 0 and 8, it was never that bad. I mean, they hated losing, but there was never this just angst and anger and just misery amongst them. They still were like, you know, we're close. We're going to get there. They believed in themselves and by far way more than I had seen with Harbaugh as coach or Chip Kelly or Tom Sula. It was just a totally different mentality and it's really it speaks to what Kyle and John bring to the organization. And I mean, you just can't explain it more than just the vibe is completely different. That brings me back to uh, that 20, was it the 2017, 2018 season? Now I can't even remember which year it was, but it was when the team started 0-8. And, and you go back to when we were in the locker room, I never felt like anybody was giving up on the team. No one was giving up on each other. And then you think about that first win, I think, was it against the Giants? I promise I'm not the greatest at at recalling games and times and weeks or whatever it might be. But that first win and the way that locker room celebrated, you would have thought that they just clinched their ticket to the playoffs. (laughs) And and that's just what I go back to. Yeah. And and that just says a lot about this team. Um, And I, I truly admire it. And it, it makes it even fun to follow a team like this. It really does. They, their attitude win or lose is just, I mean, you really want, you want to be part of it. That's the thing that I miss about being in the locker room is that they love each other so much. They joke around. I mean, we get a little taste of it on social media, you know, George Kittle, Jimmy Garoppolo uh, teasing back and forth. I mean, that stuff's always fun, but 
in the locker room, it's even more so. And that, you know, that's the part I think I miss the most about this year so far. Absolutely. I want to come off of this uh, last two games for the 49ers. 49ers steamrolled both the Jets and the Giants. But now I want to talk about this team. And it's been one of the storylines. You you get some of those. And I, I don't necessarily think these might be fans that are saying this. But you get the people, the critics that are saying, well, they played the Jets and Giants. Which, in, in I believe the 49ers defense, these are still two professional football teams. But I'm going to leave this up to you. Um are we giving too much confidence in this 49ers team considering these injuries and, and what's going on and still being able to defeat teams like the Jets and Giants? Or is it that these are just two clubs at the bottom of the league? What, what is it? How, how, do you, how do you view the 49ers' success over the last two weeks? You know, if they had barely won both games, I would have a different opinion. But the fact that they beat both teams very handily – with the injuries that they had, with the, you know, the, I mean, and that can be a distraction. The fact that they refocused, they got it together, and that they beat both these teams very handily by a huge margin, yeah. I think says a lot for who they are. They are, they were obviously not the toughest opponents that they will face this year, but I think the fact that they won the way they did says a lot for what this team is. Now, I know the next couple of weeks aren't going to be as difficult and they get to that gauntlet, which is going to be really challenging for them. But I think also teams play to their competition. You know, you see teams that go in and they're double digit favorites over another team and they don't play that well. So, you know, you, you see them going into these games where they are huge favorites and the fact that they still go in there and win that way says a lot for the mentality of the team, how focused they are. And I think that speaks well to them going forward into the season. Like I said earlier, two and one heading into week four against the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, obviously, 49ers dealing with a number of injuries on all sides of the ball. But I want to know, looking back now, what do you see as the biggest concern on this 49ers team now three weeks through the season? Is there any kind of red flags you're seeing anything that's kind of got you on high alert I think they're okay now I'm worried if they sustain further injuries because you look at where they are now they did have a lot of depth they had Jordan Reed step in for George Kittle they've had Jason Verrett step in at corner while Richard Sherman's out the backfield is good with McKinnon and Hasty and Jeff Wilson but if they sustain more injuries I think that'll be a challenge. So you've got guys now, especially on the d defensive line, Ziggy Ansa, you know, uh, Kerry Hyder has stepped up. But I think, you know, once you hit a certain point, if there are further injuries, I would tend to be a little bit more worried. But right now, I think the the quality of players that they have are, are, are can sustain a winning season. But if they go further down the rabbit hole of injuries, it could be a challenge. So, you know, there's just, there's only, only so many players that can play to that caliber, to that, you know, to that ability. So if they have, and I'm knocking on wood now that they don't have any further injuries and some of those guys that are on short-term IR come back, yeah. then they'll be okay. But it's just the injury bug can be just so devastating. So their depth right now is fine, but what they were four weeks ago is completely different than what they are now.
Manscaped is the official below-the-waist grooming partner of the 49ers. Try Manscaped and get 20% off and free shipping with code 49ers at manscaped.com. That's code 49ers for 20% off at manscaped.com. I, I think if you would have told us four weeks ago that the 49ers would be it without a bevy of names, we would not believe you. <laughs> it's it's, it's unbelievable believable how many significant players have had long-term injuries yeah absolutely which actually brings us to our next question from Brittany Bennett uh Brittany says due to all of the unfortunate injuries the 49ers have faced at MetLife I'm curious to know who can we expect to return this season um and we have two guys that are out for the season and that's Nick Bosa and Solomon Thomas Everyone as of now is set to return at some point. The biggest unknown is D Ford, who's dealing with a back injury. It started off with neck spasms and moved to a back injury, uh, which can be very tricky, especially at his position. Uh, what's the update there? What do you know about D Ford? I we just all I think are hoping that it you know things start to improve. The bad thing is that there was an improvement this week. So I, you know, Shanahan said this week that he's likely to go on short-term IR. It's better than hearing long-term, but I think the fact that there was no improvement in the last two weeks is not a great sign. And you never want to mess with your back, especially, you know, these guys aren't, you know, they're really, even a veteran player is not an old person. They're, you know, they're still, (laughs) <laughs> They're still late twenties, early thirties. So to have back issues that could change your life, your quality of life for you know forever, yeah. you don't want to risk that. So uh, as much as you know, we'd love to see D Ford on the field again. We don't want him to lose quality of life. So uh, hoping that he comes back, but yeah, I it just makes me like it, it hurts me. <laughs> internally to hear that it's not improving in the la- over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a couple of the names I wanted to pull up. Some guys on this week's uh, practice report um, did not practice. We just talked about D4. Jimmy Garoppolo did not practice. Kyle Shanahan didn't say necessarily that he's ruled out. Depends on if he can string along um, a practice at some point this week. Uh, Dre Greenlaw, Emmanuel Mosley, who's in concussion protocol. Raheem Mostert still with that knee. Uh, Jordan Reed likely to be placed on short-term IR as well. And cornerback Kwan Williams uh, dealing with a hip injury. But on a lighter note, 49ers did get George Kittle, Jarek McKinnon, and Akella Witherspoon uh, back in the fold. Um, anything that stands out to you with the 49ers' recent announcement of, of their practice report and any of their injuries? Um, I think looking at looking at week four, I, I'm thinking that Kittle will probably play since he's full go. I kind of have a feeling, I know as much as everybody wants to see Debo Samuel, that I don't think he plays on Sunday while he's getting back to practice. If he had been practicing through training camp and missed a couple weeks, yes. But because he hasn't played in a game since last season, I really think they are careful with him just because of the history with that type of injury. Any little flare up could put him out for weeks. So I think they're careful with him. I also think that really, if you look at the Eagles, who they are as a competitor, they probably stay safe and go with Nick Mullins again. Plus he, there hasn't been any drop off really. Mullins has played great. He's, he got so many reps during training camp with a lot of these players that I think it's safe to have him start. I think they arrest both those guys. I could be wrong. This is just me making a bet <laughs> at Sunday, but I think they play it safe because 
again, like we talked about the depth, I don't think they want to make, uh, take any more risks than they need to. And I don't think they have to with the Eagles as we, their week four opponent. We've got so many questions, Jennifer, on <laughs> Debo's return. Uh, Luis Yaya and James Mayer both asking about Debo's return. Is Debo going to play this season? So good news for you, Luis and James. He returned to practice this week. Uh, Kyle Shanahan did not give any indication just yet on if he'll suit up. It depends on if he can put together some practices, uh, but 49ers, or I think they would, same as Jennifer, err on the side of caution uh, when it comes to bringing Debo back. And you have to think about it. He has not had a practice since February, since Super Bowl. So it's his first week back. I do think the 49ers could ease him back into it. We'll find out soon on Sunday. But uh, as we're talking about him, Jen, a guy like Debo, we saw we, we saw Brandon Ayu come alive last week, and now Debo Samuel what does he bring to the offense and, and what makes him so dynamic and so special? You got to think that Kyle Shanahan's brain is practically exploding with the possibilities of what he could do with both Debo and Brandon Ayuk on the field at the same time. He's doing backflips and cartwheels <laughs> in his brain, I feel like. <laughs> I, Brandon Ayuk showed that he is so much like what Debo is on the field. They both can run jet sweeps. They're both very physical. Uh, Debo had, I think, 8.3 yards after catch last year. Brandon Ayuk has already got 8.4 yards after catch. Those two guys are so similar. And I asked Shanahan on Monday if that's what he was looking for when he they moved up to draft Ayuk. And he said, not necessarily, but they both have great, you know, similar qualities. And I think that that's what they're looking for now. And not to, I mean, I love Dante Pettis too. I wish he would have, you know, met his ex- the, the expectations that they had for him. But I think when they go for a guy now, they see that they need a kind of tough, hard-nosed player that is not afraid of contact, that wants to go into a game and run people over. And that's exactly what they got in Brandon Ayuk. And that's what Debo Samuel is. It's what George Kittle is. It's the mentality of this team. And I think that those both those two guys on the field at the same time or the option to have both of those two guys, I think defenses are not going to be able to figure out what Shanahan's going to do. And I think it's it's going to be really fun to watch. I absolutely can't wait. The two people are the two sets of people that I'm so excited to watch on the field together. Obviously, Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel and then. Once we can get Jordan Reed back in the fold at the same time as George Kittle, that's that's scary. That's yeah. scary for opposing yeah. defenses. Uh, so in due time, the 49ers get uh, their players back. But uh, Brandon Ayuk looking for an encore performance from what we saw last week. Debo Samuel, not quite sure. But the question is, who will be throwing them passes on Sunday? Not quite sure. We talked about it a little earlier. Jimmy Garoppolo did not practice on Wednesday. Kyle Shanahan said he'll see as the week progresses. But Ola Nichols from Las Vegas wants to know, if Jimmy can't go, what's your confidence in Mullins like against an Eagles team that's hungry for their first win of the season? I think Mullins, as long as he sticks to the path that he's on and everybody follows along, I think he's going to be just fine. You look at the way Shanahan sets him up. He puts everybody in the best possible situation for success. He did it against the Giants and the Jets. The Jets was a little bit rougher that half, but when you look at what he's able to do, he has commanded the offense. He's been in there for 
several seasons now, even though he didn't necessarily start, he's got full comprehension of the playbook. I think he'll be fine. And I think Shanahan knows how to use players to keep them confident. And that was another thing that that was said today. And I can't remember who said it in the press conference. It might've been Nick Mullins saying how Shanahan is just helps players be confident. So even if it's a guy who hasn't been on the field in three years, you look at how he's gotten Jarek McKinnon back on the field, fully confident. Jordan Reed hadn't been out there for a long time. Trent Williams. It's, it's funny how this roster is built by guys uh, with guys who haven't been on the field for an extended period of time, but then they go out there and it doesn't seem like they skip a beat at all. They go out there and they are, you know, are hundred percent. They're ready to go. And I think part of it is the way Shanahan coaches them gives them confidence, and then they you know, are ready to go no matter what the situation is. Excited to see if it is Nick Mullins uh, putting up a performance like he did last week. Um, but facing this Eagles team, whose record is 0-2-1, not the greatest start to the season, uh, people are saying it's, it's one of those total desperation moments where it's a must-win for this Eagles team, I believe it was uh, Michael Irvin went on um, a radio station and he said, now it's gotten to the point where these guys are fighting to feed their families. Uh, it, it's it, it's that serious to where there's jobs on the line and coming into Sunday for, I mean, you look at this 49ers team, you're getting some players back. Some people call games like this a trap game, but how do you see, the 49ers approaching a game like this against a team that, and I don't want to discredit what the, the, the talent that the Eagles have, they do have some playmakers in and they have some people that are injured, not sure if they will be playing or not, but uh, how do you see them approaching a, a, let's say a defense that had eight sacks, I believe on Joe Burrow last week, 18 quarterback hits. And like it's, this team is not full of scrubs. (laughs) But how how do you see the 49ers approaching Sunday's game? They definitely can't let their guard down, but I don't think this team does. You know, you look at their mentality. They've been underdogs for so long. And I think, you know, with all the injuries that they've sustained, I think they have kind of always had that underdog mentality. And I think with the injuries, I think it, it reinforces that even more. You're out your star defensive player in Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas, D Ford. I mean, there are big names that are out. Kittle was out. I think that like you never want injuries on your team, but it does kind of promote that underdog mentality again. No one's thinking that they're going to be back in the playoffs. They saw the injuries in week two. They're like, Oh, there's no way they can make it to the Super Bowl now. And I think that, this 49ers roster just thrives on that mentality. They like the haters. They like the doubters. So when people say that they, this is a trap game for them, I think that even feeds their motivation more. So with the way this roster is built and the way they have, I mean, for years now, for seasons, three seasons with Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, they like that mentality. And I think it just makes them even more hungry. Yes. The Eagles have to win a game at some point and you're right they have talented players on that roster but I just don't think the 49ers are a team that will let their guard down yeah Uh, a lot and when I tell you a lot when I tell you there was tons about Debo 
I think there was even more about the 49ers picking up talent ahead of the trade deadline. We're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. We still have a few weeks for that. But uh, it was similar to what we saw last year, the 49ers picking up Emmanuel Sanders uh, before that deadline from the Denver Broncos. Do you see this team looking to bolster any position groups prior to the deadline? And I think it is very important to note that the 49ers and people – Trust me, Jennifer, we've got so many messages about specific names, which I will not mention because on the team side, that is considered tampering. So we will leave those alone. But you can only imagine the names that we're getting. How come the 49ers aren't going after X player? Why haven't they tried to trade for Y player? Um, But 49ers are a little tight on cap space, but that's why there haven't been any big splashy moves. But do you see this team looking to bolster any position groups? in the next couple of weeks? I think, you know, they're always looking to make their team better, but I, they just don't have money to go after a big name guy. So while I think that might be attractive to the team, I think unless they have another significant injury at a key position, I don't think they do it. I think, you know, they picked up Mohamed Sanu. They've got a couple guys that they pulled in for the defensive line. So I think at this point, with the cap space the way it is, where they are, I think they only do it if they're. It's a necessity. I don't think they're going to go and pad the team or you know, get a you know kind of a glamour pick uh, pickup. I just don't think they can. So I think you know where they are now, money wise, they stick with the guys they have, unless of course, knock on wood again, because we've been doing this. I'm knocking. <laughs> I'm knocking. <laughs> that they don't have another injury and have to go out and get somebody. This podcast is sponsored by Manscaped, the official below the waist grooming partner of the 49ers. Try Manscaped and get 20% off and free shipping with code 49ers at manscaped.com. That's code 49ers for 20% off at manscaped.com. Yeah. Um, as we look Back at this season, this this young season, we'll call it that. Has there been anyone that was a, a big surprise to you through the first three weeks? In production, what you mean? Yeah. Um, you know, I wasn't expecting Carrie Hyder to be as effective and productive as he has been. I obviously we didn't think he was going to need to be. So yeah, you know, with Bosa and Solomon Thomas and D Ford being out. I mean, how exciting is it for him to come in, be reunited with Chris Kacerik, the defensive line coach, and then, you know, Ziggy Ansah comes in, so now it's like a reunion of three guys together. Uh, just to see them kind of, you know, him in particular, really to see him kind of get everything underneath him, go out and be productive. And then also, while I had heard so much about Trent Williams, I – am amazed by his physical ability. I mean, that man is ginormous and he is so athletic for a guy that's that big and you've heard about it, but you really don't, you know, you can't, I didn't watch a lot of film on him before because he hadn't played in a year, but to see him on the field and what he can do and the fact that he goes through an entire game and maybe has one mistake is unreal. That man, I I just, and Seeing him in the front of that tunnel, just jumping around, having fun—the <laughs> the juxtaposition of him having fun to how he is on the field—I am just my—I I'm overwhelmed with how amazing he is. It, 
I mean, what a great pickup for them to have him for a year. And, you know, hopefully they get to keep him longer. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen, but that was kind of one of those, you knew he was good, but then to see it with your own eyes, that was like, that was a real wow moment for me. The, the, the fortune to be able to move on from one Pro Bowl left tackle to another and you see no drop off is absolutely incredible. And those are two names. I, I, I'm so glad that you brought those up, Carrie Hyder and also Trent Williams. Trent Williams is by far one of my favorite people uh, on this team, uh, one of the a great person to even talk to on some of our Zoom calls. I, I enjoy listening to him. And just to see, you know, you grab this guy who has not played a snap in a year and and literally he he starts that game in week one and it looks like he was just playing the game last week. And it's so funny. I, I talked to him not too long ago and I said, you kept saying that, you know, there's, it's not just physical rust, but there's mental rust. But as we watched you play on Sunday, I, the only rust we might've seen was maybe rust on your old cleats. Like it just, it looked so <laughs> clean and, and and he's such a joy to watch. So I, that's one of those guys when you can say, yeah, I'm definitely glad he's on my team. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And I, you know, I hope he's a foreigner for, you know, much more time to come, but yeah, he's, I mean, got to enjoy him while he's here. You're right. He is fantastic in interviews. He's so much fun to talk to. And I, I that's another thing I miss is the fact that he's not going up against Nick Bosa yeah. further in practice because that was the best part of training camp is watching those two go against each other. The fact that Bosa learned so much from Trent. Trent had so much, you know, fun being challenged by Bosa, that whole interaction. And the, and the talk about the bromance between those two guys. I mean, it kind of rivals, it rivals the Kittle Garoppolo bromance. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that says a lot, you know, you know, they don't, they wouldn't appreciate hearing that, but it was absolutely true. And it, it was the highlight of training camp. When I tell you that everybody's attention would fixate right to those battles, uh, those one-on-one battles in the trenches, it, it was just an absolute pleasure to watch and both of them learning from one another, a vet into a second year uh, pass rusher. But I, 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 and another name that you brought up that I'll just throw out there, a, a surprise through three weeks would be Jordan Reed. And, and I, I, it pains me that he's going on short-term IR, but I mean, he'll be back in the next uh, few weeks, but to watch him in that game against the Jets, the 49ers being without George Kittle and him being able just to step right in and, and be able to build that, that quick rapport, because you got to remember he wasn't there the full time of training camp. He was off to the side working out uh, and conditioning. The 49ers are easing him back into the fold, but to see him, just go out there and play because he wasn't available all last year either. But to see him step in, I was definitely excited to see that. And and it just gives you that that kind of like that comfort of knowing you've got a George Kittle and you've got Jordan Reed who can perform like that. What can Kyle, what what will Kyle Shanahan do next? <laughs> <laughs> and just to hear Jordan Reed say, "I'm having the most fun playing football than I ever have in my yeah. entire life." I mean. Yes. I don't know how many times we can say how great this locker room in yeah. is. And the fact that the 49ers are now a destination for players it just speaks volumes to what Kyle and John have done for the organization. Wholeheartedly agree. Completely agree with that statement. Okay. Well, 49ers returning home to Levi Stadium finally got the heck away from the Meadowlands. They're away from MetLife Stadium. I know everybody is jumping from joy after after, after those last yes. couple of weeks. But um, 
Last thing before we let you go, uh, Paige Johnson, she's our 49ers fan from Australia. She asked, what does your game day routine look like? And I'm certain it's much different than what we used to do at Levi Stadium. But now getting to Levi's, we have no fans there. We're forced to socially distance, distance ourselves. And what what does a game day look like for Jennifer Lechan? Well, it's been different this year for NBC Sports. Normally, we just do uh, a pregame show and out, about two hours before kickoff. We leave that once we have inactives. But this year, we are doing pregame shows at 9 a.m. before the 10 a.m. games. So we are getting to the stadium at 7.30 in the morning. <sighs> Right in early. So, <laughs> 7.30 in the morning for a one twenty five kickoff. Uh, we are not doing uh, first look, unfortunately, for away games, which makes me sad. And then, uh, but home games, Matt Mayoko and I jump on uh, Facebook Live and we talk warm-ups. Of course, we are not on the field. We are kind of above the field on one of the patio areas, the plaza areas. So we still do that. But it is just so weird not being down on the field and having people around. And yeah, it's um, so pregame and then Facebook Live if we're at the stadium, then make our way to the press box at some point. And um, then I've got to say the postgame Zooms, though, make me crazy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, when and sometimes we're, we're juggling, well, at home, we're juggling two different press conferences going on at the exact same time. <laughs> oh, yeah. So throw that in there too. Yeah. So logistically it's not fun, but I, you know, I'm sure you are as, as much as I am happy to be at, in the stadium for home games. I know it's, it's not great for fans who aren't allowed to be in there and we miss you too, but yeah. you know, at least we can get to some of them, but yeah, not going to away games is really weird. Not traveling, not being in the locker rooms. It's just challenging season for everybody but at least there are games that's true at least there are games we get to watch them play uh, hopefully there are no uh, other issues i know the titans had some issues this week with positive testing so they've been held out of their facilities as long as everybody does their due diligence wear their masks you know be safe and uh you know social distance each other from each other Hopefully we can continue on and have a full season. So uh, as much as it's weird, at least we are getting to watch games. That's all. I'm so thankful for that. No, I'm going back to what was it? March, April, May, when there was just absolutely nothing. I was losing my mind. I, I needed some kind of sports in my life. And I, I'm so grateful that the 40 or that not the 49ers, but the NFL got to kind of sit back and watch other teams do this and be able to prepare to have a season. So it's really exciting. Um, how, what do you think about just, we were talking about the fans and how different it is that fans aren't there, but the atmosphere we're, we're out there kind of on the plazas during uh, pregame warmups and usually we still hear the fans and the busyness of a stadium and that excitement. But how different is it when you're just like watching these guys on the field and it almost looks like it's just like a practice? Yeah, it really does. I mean, the challenge is really for them to get mentally focused enough to be hyped up. And, you know, I mean, it's the same for each team. It doesn't matter, you know, so it's on, they're dealing with it on both sides. So there's no advantage there. But yeah, to try and get mentally up for a game without the stands and, you know, with the stands being empty without fans, yeah, it's got to be challenging because I, you know, we feel it 
in our jobs, you know, you get hyped up for a pregame, you get excited because fans are there and you want to talk about the game. So it's, you know, while it doesn't, you know, it's not as, uh, I guess it's challenging, but it doesn't play as much into our job (laughs) as it does for players getting hyped up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe if we're like down a few notches, we'll still be able to put on a good show, but for players, it's gotta be so challenging to go out there and just have no one in there. I, you know, I, I was kind of hoping that the 49ers, it's all of course government policies, but at least to have family, family and friends, you know, spread out throughout the stadium. I was hoping they would at least do that because it's a whole empty stadium. There's plenty of room for people to social distance. I was hoping the players' families would be able to be in there, but not yet because Santa Clara is very uh, strict on their regulations so far, but hopefully before the season ends, we'll get people in there. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. And I know the players are too. You just think about Jimmy Garoppolo and how he comes out and he runs to the side of the end zone and he does his like little pump up for the crowd. And mm-hmm. you can't do that anymore. You're you're missing out on that. So hopefully in in due time, things could change, especially for the better. And, and if it's not uh, fans, at least family, somebody can be in that stadium because that energy is definitely missed. But uh, Jennifer... Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us on the 49ers. You've got mail podcast uh, sponsored by Manscaped. Um, any, 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 any final words for us, anything you're looking forward to any, any predictions, anything you have to say for week four, what do you have for us? You know, I'm just excited to see more of those guys who haven't been out there as much yet. We got a little taste of Jamichael hasty. I'm excited to see more of him out there. Also Brandon, Ayuk. you know, those guys that haven't been out there as much, and still, Jarek McKinnon. I mean, what a story to have him off the field for two years. And then he just has been out there finessing routes, running hard. I just love that there are so many of those types of stories on this roster. And that's what makes watching these games so much fun. Absolutely. Jarek McKinnon having a great start to the season. Didn't expect to have to be you know, relied on so early kind of as the 49ers bell cow as they're dealing with injuries to Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman, but he has taken the responsibility well in what we've seen through three weeks. So super excited to see what he does this year and how he continues to just grow and flourish in Kyle Shanahan's offense. So Jennifer, appreciate you. Uh, good luck. Have a great Sunday, a great game day, and uh, we'll definitely have to catch up sometime soon and do this again. Sounds great, Kiana. Thanks for having me on. 